<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Pierre Sigurides. He is a director, cinematographer, writer, and producer whose debut feature film, Two Witches, is currently available on VOD. Welcome to the show! Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Uh, boy, I can't wait to talk about the movie that you brought. But before we do get that far, let's take it back to the very beginning. How did you get introduced to horror? I like to tell people that I've always been, uh, I, I've been like into horror or like into spooky stuff as a child ever since I could remember. So okay. it's, uh, it's, it's kind of pretty vague, I would say. I, I would always look for monsters in, you know, dark corners of my room when I was a kid. Uh, so I've been, I was always, I've always been like interested in the spooky aspect of everything. I felt like it was like the most entertaining aspect of things. Mm. Like, you know, some people would say humor is more, you know, is entertaining to me. It's like this, 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 yeah, the scare is what really, um, stimulates me uh creatively artistically honestly for some reason i don't know but i've always been really interested in that so then quickly my interest for horror films uh like yeah was was triggered very early on uh too young that's why we're here to talk about some scarred uh, <laughs> memories but uh yeah so i would always try to sneak in whenever um watch some movies on vhs that i was not allowed to watch yeah, do you remember the first horror movie that you saw, or the one that kind of like leaps out in your mind? So the ver the very first one that I was obsessed with was Scream. Okay, uh, and I'll go and I'll go back to that when we mentioned The Devil's Advocate because when I watched The Devil's Advocate, I had already seen Scream, and I thought that I thought that I was like you know that I had all the package I needed as a very young. I was probably like it was like nineteen ninety seven, so I probably saw it in nineteen ninety eight. So I saw like I saw movies when I was 
too young. A lot of movies when I was too young because I was born in 1991. So okay, wow. I saw I saw some pretty graphic movies when I was like six or seven years old. Um, the very first memory is I think it's very vague, but it's when my dad was watching the Dracula, the Coppola one. Oh wow! He was yeah, and I love this movie too. I love this movie too. Um, Keanu Reeves again. Yeah, Keanu Reeves again. <laughs> with another terrible accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, but I remember I was not watching it. I was just passing by and I was trying to sneak in behind him. And it was like the, the scene where, where, uh, Dracula is like turned into a bat in the, in the maze. Mm. Great scene. Oh, so great I could, scene. I was not allowed. I was, I was like really young. That was like, I was really, really young and I was not allowed, but I just trying to, you know, see a few shots. And I was uh-huh. like, I was hooked. So then I, I couldn't really see the whole thing. I saw the movie eventually later. Uh, but, um, that was my first, my first cin- cinematic memory of a horror film is like a maze, dark, you know, foggy maze with wow. a woman running after like being chased by some like hairy creature. Hell yeah. yeah. Wow. What, what a, what a start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm always thinking about like my, my first introduction to horror was Dracula, but we're talking 1930s, Bella okay. Lugosi Dracula. So okay. like it's, it's, it's wild to me when, uh, cause I mean, it's such a benign movie now, right. When, mm-hmm. when you think about the 1930s and so, yeah. Dracula, Francis Ford being like the first kind of horrifying images that you would see from a horror movie is 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 wild. It's pretty. It's wild it was pretty. It's pretty. It's it's pretty spooky. I mean, that when he's yeah. a, the makeup is really good too. When he's like as so a bad, good. yeah. Um, other than that, my first film ever that I l- watched and loved and the first memory is Jurassic Park. It's not really a horror film, even though it's a little violent no, uh, it's, for it's a scary. kid. Scary, yeah, I mean, scary it, moments. It's scary when they when she when when Laura Dern needs to uh, put the, the power arm. back on. Yes, and yeah, that's scary. It's a great um, moment. Yeah, so that was my all time favorite, like non horror kind of movie that I always go back to, and that's my first memory of of like dinosaurs. Uh-huh. But that was really really young because that was like nineteen, probably in France. It was nineteen ninety five when I saw that, and I was oh, wow. four years old. Yeah. yeah, I saw Jaws when I was four. So yeah, yeah, see. just kind of throw you yeah. in the deep end and see how you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you said you were. It's hard to swim after that. I know. Oh God, uh-huh. <laughs> it's hard to learn how to swim. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you said that you were really obsessed with Scream. What other movies, like were other scary movies in particular, were you kind of like really into when you were younger? Well, I got I got really into Scream and then into slashers. I feel like because okay. I was obsessed mm. with this uh, this um, the the idea of the mask and I can see ghost face behind you. But oh yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I think my interest was, was Scream and then from Scream, you know, you have like the Halloween and the Friday the 13th and and all that. But that I was, Scream was a a little uh, shocking to me a little bit, especially the opening scene, um, when I was a kid. But then I think I was immune after that. I was like really enjoying all of the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But then the devil advocate, the devil's advocate happened after shortly after that. And my other interest, I think, was like more of like the spooky supernatural devil or ghost stuff that happened more in the 2000s, you know, when like the, yeah. Jap- the Japanese movies yeah. started to really take over. That was like a new scare. Like the ring, like the the ring terrified me. Like it terrified a lot of people too. Um, so the ring, uh, anything that had that kind of stuff, and obviously 
the the exorcist but i waited a little bit when i was a kid watching the exorcist after i got my ass kicked by the devil's advocate i was like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna take a breather here <laughs> but That's eventually i mean i love and i love the exorcist and i love another movie the exorcist 3 i love the exorcist 3 is really good which is kind of the what I still need to see that one. I've seen two, but I haven't oh, seen wow. three. Yeah. Okay. No. Watch the three. It had some. It has some vibes of the Devil's Advocate in the sense that it's like yeah. this '90s, super '90s to me, um, devil thriller oriented movie that has some some spooky scenes, some really spooky iconic scenes. jump scare, right? Yeah. <laughs> Arguably the best jump scare ever from, for me, huh. just let alone, you should watch it just okay, for that. I gonna, okay. Well now I yeah. really have to watch it. Yeah. And the it's acting is really good. Two. Yeah. No, the acting is really good. Also like George C. Scott, who plays the, oh. he, he elevates the film to, um, more of a, yeah. He elevates the film like Al Pacino would elevate or like Charlie Charlie's Theron elevates the film for uh, The Devil's Advocate where it's like, oh, I- I'm watching something, but it's got like these big name actors that, or- that Hell yeah. they play really well. Their performance is really strong. So it's like it's even more um, more engaging, I feel like. Yeah. You said that you're you always kind of been interested in horror and spookiness. Were you a scared kid growing up? Did, did movies and things scare you or were you pretty... Mm. I don't think so. I think, and 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 my mom would, my mom would uh, would would uh, what's it called? Uh, she would approve. The really the the movie that really kicked my ass was The Devil's Advocate because, and I'll go into more details exactly how it it happened. But other than that, I was pretty. I was the guy I was watching like Texas Chainsaw, Alien, okay, all those movies, and I was like in the during recess during. Um, elementary school people would listen to me like oh what have you watched and i was like okay guys let, let me tell you what happens in the texas chainsaw oh, Master. you were that kid on the playground <laughs> yeah. that's so I cool was like, you were the kid they're like explain the horror movie to me that's so yeah because cool. i was because my dad would eventually my dad would quickly let me watch pretty much anything so um so yeah i was like the i was usually the kid that had seen the stuff that other people wouldn't be you know allowed to see Hell yeah. Were films important for you growing up? Did Was your family a big uh, film? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I want to say I started making... So when I saw Scream, I got like so hooked with the opening scene. I thought it was... It was so well done i don't know I, I don't know what something something triggered like the visual aspect the kind of like theatrical aspect of how everything mm. is built together that leads to the murder from the call right. to the little creepy things that the killer you know um says to the questions to the murder i wanted to that redo popcorn. that yeah that palm corn everything is perfect in this scene but i wanted to recreate that for some reason so i quickly had the the film kind of like a desire to do. So with my brother, we would, uh, I would have the mask (laughs) and we would, with a old camcorder, we would redo some, yeah, some scream like reenactments or some, uh, we would come up with new scenes or I would always be the killer, which was funny because I was the, I was like the little brother. So I was like super short. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. So very early on, I wanted to replicate what I was seeing. Cool. Well, and so, okay, so you said you weren't really scared a lot as a kid, but are there any movies that you've seen recently that have gotten under your skin or unnerved you at all? Yes, I think I'm um, I'm one of these people, when I watch a horror film, I try to, um, first I try to be scared. So I, I make, 
I allow myself to be scared. I try to, you know, shut off my, my filmmaker brain and not mm. look at the lighting, mm. not look at the technical stuff. I like to put like headphones on and be in the dark. You okay. know, I'd like to, cause yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm, I, I'm not afraid. I, if I watch a horror film, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be scared. So yeah, I want to say that I jump. I, I, I'm a, yeah, I, I cry sometimes if I, you know, if I see an emotional scene, I'm like, I'm this, I'm a easy, viewer i'm not like um yeah i try to really be immersed in the story so lately what's the movie that spooked me hold on let me see grab my phone i have a list of films usually that i watched recently um but i'm pretty i'm pretty i mean i i, I like to admit sometimes i i'm not the kind of person who's gonna pretend i was not scared if i'm scared yeah, yeah. Uh, if that makes sense i always find it hard um especially when we're kind of critiquing films or you know looking at it analytical to like give myself over to a film a lot of times recently but like there have been some for me recently that have really gotten under my skin like smile or barbarian like so just... i have not seen smile yet and i need to barbarian uh... made me jump for sure barbarian yeah. made me jump uh Oh yeah, Barbarian. I it, it worked for me. I it really allowed myself to. Um, no, Barbarian was like spooky for sure. Mm -hmm. There was one movie that I thought was good, and not a lot of people talked about it. Was this movie that I saw in the theater uh, um, a while ago? But I think it was in 2022. It's called Cursed. You know this kind of like werewolf movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that movie spooked me. Like the the dream sequences with um, the weird scarecrow and. Um, that was I felt like that was a a good movie that not a lot of people talked about. I was like, hey, yeah, I remember seeing that back at Sundance in was it twenty one maybe? Yeah, it had, a different, name. it had a different name. Yeah, pieces mm -hmm. something eight, about eight, eight of silver, eight for silver, eight for silver, eight for silver. Yeah, and they call it the curse. Yeah. Um, hold on, let me see what other movies I've seen. Two thousand twenty one, two thousand twenty two. I've seen like I saw something. I saw too many. And um, a movie that spooked me. The one, okay, it didn't really spook me, but it made me like go like, oh, what the fuck was the, um, um, the movie on Shudder called, uh, what's it called? Um, don't, uh, don't, uh, say, uh, speak no evil. Oh, yeah. This kind of Danish oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that one's uh, fucked up. Mm -hmm. That one is very fucked yeah, up. That, I was that like, is fucked God up. Damn. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a good year that for triggered stuff like a, that. <laughs> yeah. That was like a, a good, it, it, it triggered some reactions from, from me for sure. Yeah. I haven't been like in 2022. I haven't been like super scared. Oh, I would have to. I might, and then it's not. It's not popping here. But uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. But so you talked a little bit about how you got into filmmaking and you were making movies with your brother. So let's talk about Two Witches. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the movie is? Yes. So Two Witches is a movie about two witches. <laughs> but it's uh, it's kind of like my love letter to all the movies I wanted to see when I was a kid. Um, it, it's kind of like I wanted it's it's a movie about. It's a movie about, it's a spooky movie about witches, basically. It's a movie about witchcraft, about this woman that leaves her inherit, like her dark witch inheritance to her granddaughter. And, uh, it triggers, triggers some spooky stuff happening. I like to, it's a movie that's hard to describe. And in a lot of reviews, a lot of people like describe it in too much and, not that I want to compare it to Barbarian, but I feel like it's a movie that if you don't know anything about it, it's it's just good to go see it and and not um, 
because it's two stories that are loosely connected. And um, I think it's full of surprises because the, scru- the structure is unconventional. And <laughs> so it, it makes it kind of a cool, surprising ride, in my opinion. Um, so it's better to, you know, I would just say like it's a bit of Drag Me to Hell. It's a bit of Rosemary's Baby. It's a bit of uh, The Witch. Mm, maybe mm-hmm. it's got a so, little bit of like um like it like, like quasi suspiria suspiria, suspiria like with, uh, with yeah sprinkled with some suspiria so then that's it i would say <laughs> uh, yeah i was gonna ask because because uh, you said that it was sort of um the kind of movies that you wanted to see i and I, I was getting sort of like a a european maybe italian horror theme from a lot of the the techniques employed in it was was that was that intentional was did you like do you like italian horror and giallo and that kind of stuff yeah i i love i i love italian giallo i love european style uh films and i feel like with two witches uh since i i also operate the camera uh and everything i i just generally was inspired by the european way of filmmaking uh, um i would say from French films, Italian films, um, mm-hmm. uh, films where uh, there's a lot of um, um, we're not afraid to zoom. We're not afraid to use all those kind of, um, I don't know if you would say tacky um, way of filmmaking or um, in the editing, the way, you know, you're in Europe, we can edit. We don't follow what we call, you know, maybe a Hollywood way of cutting things where, you know, on set, on American sets, I, I've been on sets and people are like, oh, this isn't going to cut. This isn't going to do this. You know, we need to be like so like so precise mm-hmm. with the camera coverage that needs to be like the Hollywood, you know, when you see a Spielberg movie, when you see a, mm. I don't know, like a, and I feel like in America, a lot of filmmakers think like that and they always very worried about, is that, is that going to even cut? You know, is that, we're in Europe, we're a lot more loose. We're, we're like, um, I'm, 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 trying to get the performance that I want and then I'm figuring out how I'm going to cut. Um, but it's not a, it's not a deal breaker if I have like shots that are not supposed to be cutting together. And I feel like two witches has some stuff like that. Same with like some zooms where people will be like, Oh, you can't zoom now. You've zoomed like two shots ago, you know, or you, or the last shot was already a zoom or you've been zooming for like 10 <laughs> shots in a row. You know, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to zoom again. Um, I'm going to zoom in. I don't know. It's uh it's more, it's more free. And it's also less money, you know, like usually there's not as, as much money in th- these old European films. So camera movement wise, you have to be more creative with what you can do with the lens instead of you not having a dolly, not having a steady cam, um, not yeah. having a crane. So you were you were talking about um, the the kind of European style of editing, and it, I just started immediately thinking about like Don't Look Now, which we had Love watched rewatched now. recently, and One of my that's what was films. kind of is it. Yeah, absolutely one of my favorite films. A big influence for Two Witches, actually, too. I can see uh, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely love Don't Look Now. Yeah, Don't Look Now, it's it's a lot of um, kind of like sometimes really jerky editing, uh, the sex scene when they have sex, for example. The sex scene, yeah. 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 Um, all those crazy zooms. Um, I mean, I mean, the zoom, I think, like The Conjuring kind of brought the zooms back in horror, and everybody was like, oh, shit, actually, a punch-in like that is scary, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I love zooms. I've always been like a zoom person and, and, um, uh, and to me, it's also a good way to be intimate with the actors where I'm not telling them that I'm doing a close up. sometimes if I oh. feel like they're, you know, I'm not, I don't have to cut and be like, all right, let's punch in, you know, you know, they can, I can be more intrusive and I can sneak in and I can, 
you know, I could, and then they would be like, oh, uh, all right, let's do it again. Close. I was like, no, no I got it already. They're like, what you did? You, you oh, got yeah. the close. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have to tell you what I was doing. And I feel like the zoom <laughs> makes you really sneaky like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or it really enhances a performance to it, in my opinion. Yeah. And you talk, so you talk about performances, and the performance by Rebecca Kennedy is like is so incredible. She's so fucking scary in this movie. I won't. We won't give it too much away, but she's incredible. So, what was that like? To like, how did you find her and get her involved in the project? And then, what was it like directing her and getting that just chilling performance out of her? <laughs> well, I'm really grateful to have her. She she kicks ass. Uh, she she definitely kicks ass. Uh, it's so great to have her. So, how did she end up on the project? I have to thank Christina Cleve, who is um, who plays Rachel Christina, and she. Mm. We were thinking about some other people, and it was not panning out. And she sent me a message, and she was like, "I have a friend that I think would be perfect." So, honestly, kudos to her for for that she said i have a friend that i think would be great and then she showed me immediately rebecca's real and and rebecca's like pictures and i was like yeah i think she's i think she's she's great but no auditions it was like really it was wow. really um kind of a last minute thing where okay. you get lucky <laughs> when you yeah. get super lucky um and um and then the first day when we started shooting, I we immediately clicked. Like she, she, she immediately understood the character, or at least the idea that of the, what the character was for her was exactly what I had written. Really, so uh, so we clicked. Like the very first scene we shot was like the sex scene, which is not really the easiest. Let's put it this way. Right. Uh, but whenever I I started doing like the close ups of her and and. And I, I, I was like, I hope I'm going to, you know, you find the right words to try to tell her what I'm thinking about this. And, and she, she, she immediately started doing, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. Let's try that. And I was like having the camera and I was doing things and we quickly got some amazing stuff that was just the foundation for everything else. So after that, we, we quickly understood what, what the character was and how we wanted to take it further and uh and from that it was it was a really nice easy i want to say it was an easy process it was not a lot of um we 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 did some some you know brainstorming but it was very on the on the you know on the as i as i'm making the shots you know yeah yeah very interactive with the camera with how it looked on camera um and like i said she was really prepared she 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 um Whenever she she would already have an idea of what her character would be in each scene without even me telling her. So, for example, the wow. scene where where she knocks on the uh, uh, the door for Christmas uh, with uh, Danielle Kennedy, like she already had like um and then I tweaked things to make to make it creepy here or creepier here or there. But she already she would always have like a an idea of what of of what would be the 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 general energy that she would bring. Um, and, um, and after that, we would take it further. I, I mean, I love like cringy stuff, you know, things that really make you uncomfortable. I, yeah. I love that stuff. So I would just be like, okay, how can you, how can you make me cringe even more? Um, and we, and we would just push it further. Same for the apple thing. We were like, Oh, why don't you just stuff that apple? You know, don't eat it. First she was like supposed to eat it. And I was like, no, you, you're not eating that thing. You know, you're, <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, and so it, it, it as as it as it grew, I mean, as it went on, 
the 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 character became I think I'm really happy with how it turned out. I feel like the character became more more and more um I would say charismatic in a way. Yeah. Um, She's incredibly watchable. Yeah, she 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 hooks she hooks people's like attention and and I kept we were like kind of dancing like we wanted to always make make contrast between what she looks like, mm-hmm. what she what you know what she the the way she can be very um harmless and mm. the contrast with her faces, the contrast with her actions, the contrast with what she says um with like the 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 words she uses that you know you're like what the hell yeah um yeah um that did that come out of this little person yeah um uh so it it was all about contrast like surprising so i hope this isn't a a spoiler but um the movie ends with a to be continued yes yes are we gonna is it gonna be continued Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I wrote. I wrote the the sequel. Is it three? Is it called um, Three Witches? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's the. That's the. That's the. The question. The million dollar question. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> but no, I wrote. I wrote the script. Obviously, um, I don't want to give out anything. But yeah. you nope. would. You would expect that uh, Masha, Rebecca, Rebecca Kennedy's character, is still in uh, in the movie, and. Um, I'm pretty happy with what I wrote. That if, if I can tease, I could say it's better. I can say that it's more, it's crazier, it's scarier. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's much better. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'm I'll very just leave it excited at that. because this, I watched this on Halloween. This was, this is like my Halloween movie. And I was like so much more creeped out than I had expected to be. And it was just like way more shocking too. And it's just really, it's, it's incredible. So I'm excited. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you watched it on Halloween because, Going back, sorry to Perfect. what you're saying, like oh, how, how did two witches um, um, came to be? One of the things also that I'd be like, oh, I want to, I want to make a movie that I would love to see as a kid, but I want to see a movie that I would love to see on Halloween. You know, very visual, very Halloweeny, very atmospheric, very um, spooky season type of um, yeah vibe. Yes, it was a great movie to watch on Halloween. Um, but Pierre, we have talked about Two Witches and your horror history, but what movie did you bring with you today for us to discuss? I brought The Devil's Advocate. Oh my god. By uh, Taylor Hackford. Hackford? Hackford, I don't even know his Hackford, name. I believe. Hackford. Yeah. yeah. Taylor Hackford with Al Pacino. I don't know if you've heard of this uh, actor. <laughs> Little known guy. Very indie. Um, yeah, very indie. So, in The Devil's Advocate, an exceptionally adept Florida lawyer is offered a job at a high-end New York City law firm with a high-end boss. It's the biggest opportunity of his career to date. It's a very, that is a, very basic synopsis very... from IMDb. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so t- take us back to the beginning. I... I have to know what your thoughts were watching this for the first time, because this has a lot. There's a lot in this movie. So take us back to to when you first saw this. How did you see it? Give us your horror story. Yes, I will. It's a a two-hour long movie, so there's a lot of things to say. It sure Uh, is. I have a whole story of why this movie scarred me. And as a horror guy, it's usually very unexpected. Uh, uh, I mean, people don't 
you know, are very surprised when they say that this is the movie that scared me arguably the most. Because people will be like, what? The movie with Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yes, this movie. So, like I said, I had seen Scream. I had seen a lot of movies. I was, like, into my, you know, movie horror um, obsession. Mm-hmm. Um as like a seven-year-old or something like that. And it was this Saturday night. Okay. And we had, with my with my family, we had spent like the whole day in Paris doing like shopping and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of this day, we were going to have McDonald's, which was like <laughs> a big thing because, you know, I would have McDonald's, you know, maybe once a month or once every two months. So we would have McDonald's and we would go to like the French equivalent of Blockbuster and we okay. would rent a movie. So I had seen the trailer of this movie and in the trailer in France, at least, I don't know, there was like a lot of nudity, like, and there's a lot of nudity in the movie. So there was like a lot of nudity, a lot of, um, you know, like fire Mm -hmm. and the, and there was like a little bit of blood. Anyways, I was like, already, I had seen the trailer and I was like obsessed. I was like, oh, I want to see the devil's advocate. It's got like the devil in the title. It's got like some naked women. I was like seven years old. (laughs) Yep. You know? I was like, and my brother and everybody was like, yeah, let's watch, uh, let's, let's watch that. So my mom was like, oh, I don't know if you should watch this, but, uh, you've seen Scream. (laughs) I guess it's fine. You know, I guess it's fine. So, so perfect night. I was like so excited. We were having like, um, McDonald's eating this and the movie was, was a little shocking to me, uh, at first, like, um, the 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 sexual but i was i was confused you know as a kid you're like confused between you're a little shocked but you're also extremely excited uh you know yeah so it's it's a it it, it was i was like i was enjoying it even though i was like oh it's maybe a little more um serious than i thought or more sexual more um sick you know than i thought yeah but then that scene i don't know if you know I, i don't know if you guys would expect what scene killed me but there's a scene, and I call it the dressing room scene. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So, why did that movie scare me? And uh, it's a big spoiler. Uh, I mean, it's a big spoiler. Oh, yes, we're going to dig into all the spoilers. Oh, yeah, no, we're spoilers. Yeah. Um, I think this movie scared me most than any other movie because it's a movie that it, it doesn't set the audience to be scared. It's it's like a 90s thriller film about yeah. like a lawyer and about like this his career and we know that okay there's a baddie blah 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 but it's it, it doesn't set the movie the, the 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 premise doesn't set to see demons. You don't open the movie and you you're not it's not the exorcist it's not um drag me to hell it's not like demons it's you you're not going to see freaking demons in this movie. You know it's a Keanu Reeves Al Pacino movie. And so you see this the scene where Charlie Theron, uh, she's hanging out with these two women that are the wives of attorneys in this law firm and they're bored. And so they're trying out clothes in this dressing room and there are, and the setup of the scene is perfect. I mean, when I looked at it, I was like, Oh, this movie was bound to, to freak me out because first it's got like the sexual aspect of yep. things. So she takes her top off this woman, Jackie, I think her, her um, yep. and, and her performance is really good. I think she, you know, she's like, she's kind of so like good. reassuring and she's charming, but she's something's off. Yeah. Um, she's like kind of hypocrite, but you can't really tell. But and that as a kid, I would still feel that thing. So, but she takes her top off. So me as a kid, I was like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> yep. you know, she, uh-huh. you know, I, I am seeing, I'm seeing, you know, women's breasts on Saturday night, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> yep. you know, it's like a very unusual. 
So it puts it put me into one kind of like it it draw me into one direction, and then deceived me right after when Whiplash. she says and she says like oh touch my breast, and the other one is like a very and that again looking back on like two witches, I got influenced by all those like really kind of awkward moments where she's like no 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 feel my feel my boob, and yeah. she's like no I don't want to touch it. Okay, all right, I'll touch it, and. And so it's like very sexual and then she looks and then she's about to put her her top uh, on and right before she does she gives her like a little glimpse a little look at um at Charlie's and then her face like kind of morphs mm-hmm. her face morphs into that terrifying demon face and I think the last thing that terrified me the most is that it's this is 1990 right so I mean yep. we're in the 90s if I watch a horror film, I'm going to see scary makeup. I'm going to see a cut with like blood with like a, you know, like a prosthetic. And this was a digital. Mm-hmm. And I know out there, there's a lot of people that love, you know, like practical effects. And I'm the first one to say that too. But that digital effect. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good for that, for that time. I don't know who did that. It looks good today. It looks good today. And the fact that there's no cut and that you don't expect the, the, that and with that, you know, effective kind of like jump scare sound. I remember I was eating and then I turned white and then my mom turned and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I was, I, I stood up. I was like, I have to go. And I left. Oh no. Yeah. It terrified me. It's like, and I had like this, this, her face in my, I, I remember that demon face like so clear i would close my eyes i would see it oh, i would go shit. in the dark i would see it yeah and my mom felt bad she's like oh shit 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 i think he got really scared uh and it was funny because everybody else was like fine they were like oh, okay that's a demon you know she's a demon they were more scared by scream by some like guy with a you know with a mask <laughs> chasing people uh but me i was like so surprised because i got from like sexually excited yeah. to like kind of like kind of like awkward and then to like super scared um too many confusion con- yeah too many confusing emotions you know well, th- i was wondering if if that was like one of them because i can't as i was rewatching this i was like i can't imagine i didn't know how old you were when you saw it but i was like if, if you were a kid seeing this movie i can't imagine that sort of like whiplash of that sequence because i mean then the hands like moving on her on her like body and then the hands yes. and their hands touch her breast from the inside from the and inside. they squeeze and it's like so shocking and intrusive and and it's like v- so perverted and i feel mm-hmm. like that's one of the things it's like this movie is extremely perverted oh it's horny like. uh, it is a horny yeah, movie it's, it's movie horny is and it's so it's, horny it's, yeah Al Pacino yeah. is so it's really hot sick. in this movie <laughs> he really yeah. is uh, so you you left though did you end up coming so back I left- or I ended up coming back and I ended up coming back and ended up being freaked out about some other scene. So the demon faces after (laughs) I was fine ish. But then the other scene that freaked me out was the scene where, um, again, Charlie, she wakes up and she hears like some like quick footsteps in the apartment, you know, like she's, she's alone. And then she hears like some baby cries and she gets her knife and she's a, she's scared. This is scary. Like she turns around and then they put like really, really loud, like fully effects of like something dropping in the mm-hmm. bathroom or something like a chair moving. And it's, it's really freaky. I think it was really effective. And eventually she sees this little boy in this, in this, in this room. 
And she's like, oh, what are you playing with, little kid? And and then the the little toddler turns around and it's like this kind of like super gory uterus or something. I didn't even know what it was. But then uh-huh. she looks at, immediately looks at her belly and then she's bleeding. And then she wakes up and she screams, they took my ovaries. They took my ovaries. It's really freaky. So, okay, I'm glad you brought that scene up because this is a scene that I thought I had made up in my head. <laughs> And have realized that I did not actually make it up in my head because I had never seen this movie all the way through, but I had only seen that, I had only seen that moment. And I think it was on TV or someone in my house was watching it and I walked by and saw this exact moment. And for years, I thought that I was making it up, (laughs) that it wasn't real. And then I realized, holy shit, this is devil's advocate. And I thought it was going to be way scarier than what it, I loved it, but that part is so scary and like, I it haunted my head. I had no idea what it was from. I had no idea what the baby was playing with. And like in my head, I didn't because I saw. I think I saw it. I was like super little. I conflated my apartment where I grew up with my parents with that scene. So I thought it was in my apartment. And obviously, I did not. And when I say apartment, I mean tiny two bedroom, not the giant apartment in this movie, (laughs) which is funny. But it's just so funny watching this movie and thinking this is the scene that has haunted me for for fucking decades and i finally know where it's from a campy ass movie about al pacino as a devil lawyer in new york city but i also didn't realize this is like rosemary this is a rosemary's baby-esque situation like even like they move into the apartment building with these guys and it is incredibly rosemary's baby without the baby actually happening but them preventing her from having a baby and that was kind of cool. I I didn't expect that from this movie. I think that's what that's the that's the best that's the the best quality of this movie is that you don't expect some of the hor- horrific scenes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect and, anything in this fucking movie. To be perfectly honest with yeah, you, like yeah. we start off this movie with a fucking like just we are thrown into a child molestation case with, and I'm just like, oh okay, like this is where we're going. Like no, like just Heather Matarazzo as a young girl on the stand talking about her math teacher groping her. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's just what we're doing. And we just jump right in yeah. to this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this movie, I didn't, I, I, when I rewatched it as an adult, I even realized that it was tackling even more, even sicker subjects than when I was a kid. Um, when I was a kid, I was more like, like scared by the graphic uh, aspect, but I was still, yeah it's it's really sick when when they they use them the the whole themes of of the movie you know they go what you let people get away with and 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 it's quite philosophical and you see the ugliness of uh the ugliness of the evil of men like what humans do it's actually pretty pretty smart movie even though it's not really subtle like you know the opening scene when you look at it now i mean in court it would not be like that uh probably not be as on the nose you know uh but yet it's still effective it's it is very effective i you know it still does the job i was thinking as i was rewatching this like i don't think this is how court really happens Mm-mm, but like no because like he is very quick to get like everything just thrown off like things happen super quick in this movie in terms of like yeah here's the problem here's like a complication now the problem's solved we're moving on and i'm like exactly this definitely takes like a very quick 
look at like lawyer at the, yeah. the lawyer process, but it's still yeah. effective. It's still really effective. I mean, it's still it, it serves the story, and mm-hmm. the story still moves forward really well, in my opinion. If you're an, an attorney, yeah, you watch <laughs> this movie, you probably laugh like, "All right, whatever." Um, it might ask yourself some uncomfortable questions yes. yet. But this movie made uh, me realize lie. how much I love courtroom dramas. Like I love yeah. a courtroom drama. Like I just think they're it's extremely entertaining. They're so entertaining, especially when it's like Keanu Reeves with a horrible Southern accent, like yelling at people, like yelling at like an eight year old. Like it's just incredible. It's incredible, and I, it's just so funny watching that. And I. I always, even if it's not, I can't be like, I love the drama of it all and like things coming together. The theatrical nature of it. It is so good. It's like, it is like theater. It's like watching a play. It's so It is like theater. Absolutely. And like you said, this movie is really campy. A little bit like Two Witches is campy, but then there's some scenes that are like not campy at all. Mm -hmm. And then it's like kind of like this roller coaster or um, this movie is kind of a roller coaster. You know, Uh, it's got like a lot of different, different emotions, different stuff. Um, And uh, I want to say one thing that I didn't really quite get that I got recently is when at the very beginning, when the reporter says, you got to give me a quote, you got to give me a quote. uh, Maybe it's your time to lose. And then he goes like he does this really nineties, I feel like really nineties thing. Like he goes like you know, you know? And it's like so over the top. And then Keanu Reeves goes, does it like he like, goes like, like oh, ten yeah, times. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna up your auntie and just like make my whole mouth go. <laughs> it's kinda hilarious. It is. But then after what does he do after that? He puts water on his face and he looks at himself in the mirror mm-hmm. and he and then he starts to make a really weird grin. Yes, like a very Keanu Reeves weird grin. grin. Exactly. And I was like, because in, in Two Witches, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like this kind of like ugly facial expression that I'm kind of um, very always like interested in. And, and he does it there. And I was like, oh, that's something that I didn't really quite remember, but maybe subconsciously I remembered. And I, and then he's about to defend the pedophile where like he shows ugliness. And I feel like that was like a really subtle or cool way to, uh, to show it. Cause that smile, if you pause it, he looks fucking horrible. Oh, it's um, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And it really plays um, into like the idea of vanity, which, you know, is, is a thing that Al Pacino's Satan, uh, you know, talks about as his favorite sin, because in that moment, that reporter is just like, Oh, you know, he's playing into that vanity moment. Like, Oh, it's your time to lose. He make, you know, he making it personal. Mm-hmm. And he doubles so down on make, it. Exactly. And he's, that was not, he's like, all right, because I don't want to lose because he made it personal. I'm going to defend this pedophile that he knows is a pedophile. Um, and, um, so there's, a, there's some subtle stuff in this movie. Um, uh, there's a, actually a lot more subtle stuff than I thought. Um, Another thing that I thought was cool was uh, when he's defending the Philip Moyes guy, the guy from like the Caribbean, the mm-hmm. Caribbeans, you know, that gutted like a or uh-huh. slid the throat of a goat. Of the goat. Mm-hmm. And and he's basically like a sorcerer. He's like, he does like evil witchcraft, this guy. But they turn it into he's, you know, practicing his religion. But he's like a, just a warlock or something. And... By the way, by uh, played by um, uh, Delroy, uh, what's his name? Delroy Lindo, that I love, this this actor. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's him. He's not credited in it yeah, for some reason. I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Huh. But he, yeah, but he's really good. And he's sitting there in the courtroom. And when when Keanu Reeves is proving, like, his case and he's, like, winning the case and the, um, the DA, the other guy, uh, is, like, he looks at, he looks at, um, 
at uh, the the Moyes guy, the um, Delroy, and they stare at each other. I mean, you know, he uh, Moyes stares at him, and then the guy starts coughing. Mm-hmm. And he stops coughing, and the whole scene he's coughing. And then the 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 judge is like, "All right, Murdo, like stop." And then you cut to Moyes' face, like looking like. You know, and you mm-hmm. see so it's like this subtle kind of witchcraft. Well, and it's funny, too, because it's always like they talk about how, like, how could he pay? And like, we help people like this. And it's like that very kind of subtle connection of the devil with other yeah. people in the world and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, too. And it's funny yeah. how this movie does kind of try to play a little bit in subtlety. And then at the end is just like an all out, like, camp exposition dump. But yeah. that's why it's so fun because, like, Terry and I talked about this. Like, the first hour is really just like a drama about a guy moving to New York and, like, him and his wife adjusting to a very different lifestyle and, like, moving into this apartment building and painting walls and having long hours. Like, it very much is a courtroom drama, like, marriage drama. Well, I was, yeah. I was thinking as I was rewatching this, I was like, you know, courtroom dramas were very popular in the 90s with, uh, because of John Grisham. Like, The yeah. Firm from 1993, The Pelican Brief, The Client, A Time to Kill, The Chamber. Like, all these movies are coming out either at the, around the same time, like The Rainmaker, but or like right before this movie started, you know, ca- coming out. And so this first hour plays almost like, like a a John Grisham novel in a way, like maybe it's not as uh, lawyerly in terms of, of the, the actual courtroom drama, but it plays like we're watching a, a lawyer moment. And then at 56 minutes in, that is when like, it's the dressing, the dressing room. room. And exactly. it's like all of a sudden, cause I, I when I was They're telling freaking dressing room, I know. And I, when I was telling Mary Beth, I was like, if, cause it's a long movie and it's like, I had to watch it over, you know, two days because of the, the time commitment. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. But I was like, 56 minutes in right there is a perfect time to stop because that first hour is literally just a courtroom drama. And then it's like the next hour and a half is like adding in all the supernatural and basically unraveling everything that we had seen before. Yeah. Well, that's why it scared me. That's why it caught me off guard because the yeah. first, the first hour, it's like a, it's, it's, a, it's, it was entertaining, but it's not the movie I, I'd expected it was. <laughs> right. And then, you know, had this, the, if the dressing room was like maybe a, a, a scene, you know, that would appear 10 minutes in, Maybe it wouldn't have, you know, scarred me that much, but it leads yeah. you into like this false expectation of what yeah. you're going exactly. to get, and then it just like changes on a dime. Yeah, and I and when I look at when I look at horror films, I'm like, maybe this should be done more often. You know, like maybe really uh, mix genres and make it uh, not a horror film, but then have like a terrifying scene in the middle and they don't really justify, you know, they don't advertise it as such, you know, oh, yeah. this movie happens to have a really scary scene and that's it. Um, like for example, there's this movie, I don't know if you know the movie, um, it's called Amour, you know, the movie by Anaku that won the like Palme d'Or. In, uh... Oh Jesus. That really, really sad one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. About the old couple. The old couple, yes. Oh, I, I don't know if you've seen yeah, this I movie. Seen that one. Well, there's okay. It's a really drama, like dark. really sad, really really dark and depressing. But it's not scary. There's one scene that's scary, in my opinion. It's like when the guy's brushing his teeth and and then he's actually in a nightmare, but he it doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't. And he hears like a knock on the door. And I'm not even going to tell you more. But he hears a knock on the door. And he goes. He's going to go check it out. That scene is creepy. Hmm. But it's not a horror film at all. And it's just one scene. That scene scared me because I was not expecting it. And mm-hmm. no one expected on like a, you know, on a, like a, 
award-winning Bombador move, movie, yeah. but there's a freaky scene. So I feel like the devil's advocate for that is, 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 is really effective. And then when the, when the supernatural creeps in, I, I, it, it creeps in. I think the amount of, 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 um, yeah, of like fantasy, like when it's, it's, it's really well, like sprinkled, I feel like, mm, mm-hmm. because it was another scene that made me very uncomfortable. It's the scene, um, when, um, well, I think, when is it? Hold on the timeline. I think it's right after the, she says they took my ovaries and then he's like, uh, let's make a baby or something. Yes. Um, and then they have sex, but then Keanu's, like the editing is so well done because she, she morphs into the, His uh, Bella, the other, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like aroused and he's like changing energy. He's more into like a much more like, a you know, more like aggressive sexual, and like sucking on more toes. Aggressive, <laughs> exactly. Sucking on toes, <laughs> maybe asking for like some oral sex that would not be appropriate with his real wife. But and then, then she's like, like and, then it, and, it, and then it cuts to Charlie's Theron's like tear soaked face. And yeah, she's like crying it's, it's on the so, floor. And, and I'm she's just like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not it's here. So, She's like it's sobbing. So, it's just so fucking. It's, it's like fucked up and sad. And it's just, it's, it's even worse when you find out at the end that that is in fact his half sister. And it's like, oh, it's even worse. Ugh, it's so gross. No, no, it's it's really. As a kid, that scene also. It, it, it again. I was like, am I, what am I supposed? To, I was confused. It was like, <laughs> what am I supposed to be? I can you know? You're like, wait. I'm yeah. I'm young, and I know I'm, there's I'm, something hot yeah. about this, but also really upsetting. Which I yeah, feel like is most exactly. of this movie. I felt guilty. I felt guilty. Oh, a little interesting. Bit. Well, okay. Yeah. So this this movie is pretty horny, and I did not realize how horny this movie was because I at the beginning, like Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves have an incredible chemistry in this movie. They have so much and, chemistry. Like, Keanu Reeves is a hit or miss actor for me. I love him so deeply, but like his perfor- his performances are kind of like mixed sometimes and i think my theory is that i think it's hard to direct him i bet he kind of seems very like cool and laissez-faire and it's hard to get like a convincing emotional performance out of him but in this movie he has this chemistry with Charlize theron he like pulls her earring off with his mouth like that kiss at the beginning when he is just like necking and then he like is sucking on her ear and then the earring comes out I was like oh my god like, this movie just, is so sexy it's so hot they love yeah. each other so much and that's I think it makes it even more upsetting as you watch her her like kind of downfall in this movie and you watch her look like she's losing her mind but is being manipulated by the devil mm-hmm. and it's so because like they really do establish this, like genuine love and connection between these two people and it's just so upsetting to see that fall apart in a way that I wasn't expecting. And it, it does fall into that, like, crazy woman trope, which always frustrates me. Of like, she's crazy and she has to die because she's crazy. Because... But she was right the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, they took my fucking ovaries. And he's like, no, they didn't. And like, hey, the guy fucked me and raped me in the bathroom. And I'm covered in cuts. And he's like, he was in the courtroom with me. You're fucking crazy. And like, puts her... He puts her away, basically. And it... Yeah, he puts her in a mental hospital. It's just so... Fr- I mean... I know it's the 90s. I know it's like common, but it's always so frustrating seeing that when you're just like, God damn it, this trope is so infuriating. Especially because like, I feel like she does have 
And again, this is probably the point, but she feels so much more on his level at the beginning. Like they feel very mm-hmm. equal. They both like kind of know what they're doing, but they're happy about it and like just trying to like move their way through life. And it's yeah, because she knows so, she yeah, she's like yeah, she knows she knows that he defends bad people. Well, you know, she's like, okay with it. She says that when she's like in the hospital, she's like, I can't look at myself in the mirror. Like all of the things that we did to like we just turned another another eye because we wanted money and material things and like look at what we've become. And again, like, it's yeah. so fucking heavy-handed, but it works here, because this whole movie is pretty heavy. Like, we've talked about subtleties, but it is a pretty heavy-handed movie. It was, it's, it's like, it's look, pretty the, on the, the nose. lawyer is, the, is Satan, and they're all bad people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But it it's works. Really, it's really on the nose. Because it knows what it's doing. It's not trying yeah, exactly. to be, like, self-serious. Like, it knows And I think the fact that, yeah. So, yeah. I think the fact that it's kind of, like, fantasy-like, and that there's demons and the mm-hmm. devil, it makes it easier to accept if it if it was trying to be super realistic it would be it would be terrible in my opinion um but charlie's i think she steals the show oh she does her performance i think she's really good yeah she's she's amazing incredible in this movie yeah i I have to ask though when you were a kid and you got to the scene where she's in church and she throws off her robe i was shocked too yeah again same thing (laughs) sex and violence same thing confuse a little bit like kind of like looking at her like oh she's really pretty mm-hmm. but then at the same time it's like this is really wrong uh it's kind of making you feel guilty as a as a as a warrior yeah yeah audience you know because you because you have the shots of like the body and again like you said it's the 90s um you're objectifying women's body like crazy in this movie uh there's like pretty women everywhere um naked you see like so many uh Lots of boobs. naked women so a lot of boobs and me as a kid since i was disturbed i was a little bit yeah like i said i would be guilty i was like oh, oh, oh like it's playing too much with like my 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 senses um but it's uh it's effective it's Um, very effective i and also yeah go no go ahead please i was gonna say this movie is really long but it scared me so much halfway through that then i was dreading i was dreading anything that was gonna happen i feel like that's also the the main purpose of a scary scene is to just makes you scared for the rest of the movie a little bit like in the ring when they open the they open the closet and they see the, the dead woman yeah. like, with a face like that. It's at the beginning, but then you're scared for the rest of the movie and you're dreading, like, I do not want to see that, the scene like that again. And I feel like the, the, the Devil's Advocate is kind of the same thing with, like, the sex scenes and the scary scenes. But the thing with the sexy or the horny scenes is that there's always a little part of you be like, oh, you know what, I'm kind of down to see something else. Even though I don't, but I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the elevator scene. I remember the elevator scene, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, when uh, when he's like, hey, uh, uh, Kevin, don't you want to, you know, fill me in on the on the, on the the case upstairs? And he's like, uh, now? And then you see the two women in the background, like, kissing each other and touching mm-hmm. each other. And, and Al Pacino gives him the look, like, yeah, like, come upstairs. And he's like, and then he turns around and there's Charlie's, like, looking at him, like, what And his mom fuck? is there, too. His and his mom is there. And me as like a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, what is what's gonna happen? What is, what is happening? What's gonna happen? They're kissing each other." And I mean, it, yeah. And you're like, uh, you know, I was like, as a seven year old, I was like, I kind of want to check out what's going on in that elevator, but <laughs> <laughs> but I know that it's sick, and I know that these the thing that was like also really confusing for me was like, I know that these people that these women are demons, so I know that if 
you know, I was to fully be like, oh, I want to see them. But no, I would, I know that I w- they would scare me eventually. Um, so all those like kind of like sex and demon, I feel like sex and demon would be the, would be the way to, yeah. the way to describe this, yeah. these moments. So I, when I read the book first, okay, when I, yeah, so I read the book and the, I remember thinking i i read the book maybe three or four times as a as a teen and i was wow. like this book is was really working for me and i because i and i i hadn't seen rosemary's baby at the time and so like i mm. this was all a new kind of thing and this this idea of uh the 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 way the movie on or the, the way the book unfolds which is a little different than the movie in the movie mm-hmm. in the book he is not satan's son um, from what oh, I remember, okay. that is not that's not in the book at all. That was something that was added uh, to the that's movie. That's kind of better though. That's kind of better though. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I feel like the fact that he's the son, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. I feel yeah, like. and I I don't remember exactly how it ends, but I don't think the Antichrist aspect or the half sister or any of that. I don't think that was in it at all. That was all yeah. addition to the movie. But I remember reading the book and really digging it. And then the movie came out and my dad had read the book because that's how I got the book. It was my dad's book. And then I, I had picked it up and I'd read it and I was like, Oh, this is really good. And it's very sexy. And so I was like rereading it, rereading it. And then the movie came out on, on VHS and my parents rented it, but they wouldn't let me see it. And I remember when they went to bed, (laughs) I snuck the movie and I went into my room and I had my TV on very low and I watched it because I was like, I got to see what, what they're doing with this movie. And I would have been, gosh, that would have, it came out in 97. It was probably on VHS either 97 or 98. So I would have been 16 or 17. So this was like sexy, all that kind of stuff was like hitting me. And yes, I was, I'm I'm secretly gay at this time. I wasn't out of the closet, but I was like, this is all titillating in ways that I was not expecting because it is, a very horny movie yeah. and i was yeah. like you get to see keanu reeves's butt and i was like this is this is really working for me because he's was incredibly i think he's an incredibly attractive human being and yeah oh he looks great and and i think even if his acting sometimes i mean i like his acting regardless because i think like he has like this kind of likable on the screen thing he has so that, much charisma yeah i just I, I look at him i forgive i forgive <laughs> you know like i just i'm always like up for a good canaries movie yeah. oh me too it's just funny absolutely thinking like we talked about bram stoker's dracula like love him but his accent in that movie is not great but it's okay we forgive it <laughs> and me and me you know I, i'm french and when i was a kid i probably i watched it in, in like french version dubbed so okay. that for me like that's, that's you know, okay i that was like sense. not yeah. I mean, now I can figure out accents. I can be like, oh, this is this is terrible. But back in the day, I was you were like, like fuck that it. Was, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, what was I going to bring up? There was something I wanted to, to mention. I can bring up a lot of other things about this movie. <laughs> yes. If you like. Please go. I like the fact that. Well, first, I like the fact that they bring Donald Trump in the movie. That's the, right. Oh my yeah. god, I know. They're like, they're like, they're like, oh, Donald Trump was supposed to be at this party, and I, and looking back now, I'm like, this is so smart. I was like, yes, Donald Trump would be at a party like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he this sure is, as fuck this, would. You know, and um, and I feel like this movie in the themes it didn't age at all. I mean. Okay, maybe it did a little bit, but it's still tackling some stuff that are so true to nowadays, like vanity, like people, you know, they can cause evil just for the sake of like self-love or what they, you know, what they want for themselves. Um, The power of money, the power of the law. If you have money, you have the law on your Mm -hmm. side. 
And like I said, the fact that they mentioned Donald Trump is kind of like funny. And it's so it, it's like as if it foreshadowed so much, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's like it's a movie that was so relevant nowadays. It's like unfortunately very timeless in a way, especially like exactly. flashing forward. It's very timeless. And yeah. like. Cause I, I flashing mean, forward yeah. it feel it, it feels very 90s but at the same time very relevant because it's like we still have these issues with corruption and the way people are mm-hmm. treated and the way we think about lawyers and men getting off from crimes that they committed because they're wealthy like it's unfortunately a timeless movie which is frustrating exactly. to see because it's like again we all know it's pretty it's hitting us pretty heavily with like lawyers are evil but like it's true <laughs> like it's like it's just yeah and, and, it's true and i mean like yeah it is just it's, it's, incredibly frustrating yeah I, I thought i thought that was that was that was kind of funny to see that and to see that um yeah then they say like because i like the fact that they tackle the law like as like a way to me it's like more like okay the law or the institutions like the law is is a way for evil to sneak in and use it. Well, Al Pacino even says, like, the law is our way into absolutely everything. When he says, like, why lawyers? He's like, law gets you into every aspect of the world. And, like, that's the best way to infiltrate your way into things and, like, be a part of all of the goings-ons in the world. Yeah, which I think is interesting. And at the end... At the end, it's going to be the new vanity kind of, like, way of for evil to sneak in will be the press, which I think is is either the law or the press it's still relevant nowadays or it's still like kind of yeah it's still it's you know it's still like interesting i don't know how they would how they would picture evil in the press but you know like it would be an interesting version of this movie <laughs> exactly it would be an interesting version of this movie but that's the face camera when he breaks the wall at the end also yes Oh, the moments. Okay, we got to talk about Al Pacino. I was going to say, we uh, got to talk yeah. about Al Pacino, man. We talk about Al Pacino. Before we do, though, uh, there is one thing that I found out when I was when I was looking into this movie. At one point, Joel Schumacher was supposed to direct it. Okay. And I'm like, can you oh imagine? Because this movie already has, like, gothic undertones, particularly when we get to, like, his, uh, the, uh, Al Pacino's, is, like, mansion and the way it's, like, brutalism meets, like, gothicness and, like, modernism, but also brings back to mind like hammer horror in some ways and i'm like can you imagine if if this was like directed by joel schumacher who's like the the king of excess oh my god in the 1990s like that would have been been so much more colorful she would have had to break green walls in her apartment yeah 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 she would have stuck with it yeah yeah yeah. i don't yeah it would have been even more heavy-handed maybe oh yeah (laughs) Uh, the visual it would have been very heavy-handed with the visual language with absolutely visuals, yeah and brad pitt was supposed to be keanu reeves's character okay the original. i could see brad pitt doing that yeah i could see yeah. him do that okay not bad but i like i like maybe the more i like because the style i think it's kind of more generic or it's not as um it's not as a sty- sty- stylistic no. yeah it's not stylish but i think it's at all it's no. very much it like kind of serves yeah it's really 90s i mean i like the shots though i think the shots it's good camera movement i think it's still really well framed and and it's like hollywood standard it's 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 good but it doesn't have like the real like big identity no uh which honestly again Going back to the dressing room scene, I think the fact that the style of this movie is like this 
made the dressing room scene scare me even more. Yeah, because I can had it been kind of like goth over the top, I would have been like, okay, hold on, there's gonna be some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is really, like you said, a a courtroom movie from the nineties. Yeah, uh, and maybe that was the effect too. Was like, oh, let's just be, you know, let's just be kind of like straightforward with that and not uh and not do that i know also that uh al pacino didn't want to be uh the devil he didn't no yeah they took him a couple attempts to get him oh really Mm -hmm. which it's hard for me to understand because i think he does such a good job i think he's such a he's such a devilly devilly guy (laughs) yeah he's so Um, fucking good in this movie this is his best role of all time Honestly, honestly, he's like, he electrifies me whenever he's on screen. I would, I think was, that's also one of the reasons why I was, I kept watching the movie. It's because I knew he was up to no good in every scene, but I would still. He's so mischievous in this. The way yeah. he looks, the, the, he, he has this wry sensibility to him where he knows where things are going. He knows what's happening and he's very playful with it. Like the way his eyes will tinkle or the way that he'll lick his lips. Like there's just this, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, yeah. It's just, he, he brings such a different dimension to this film that is slowly becoming more camp as his, as his performance continues, where he starts off as like, oh, he's just like a very rich, powerful lawyer guy. He's running this whole firm. But then like, you start to see that kind of playfulness inject, whether it's the, the elevator scene where he's like, his smile, his big, like, Cheshire grin trying when he to gets, convince when he him. gets a when he whispers something to this woman's ear and then he gets a blowjob at yes. the party and like, then he stares just... at Keanu Reeves like you see what's going on he's like yeah. you can have us too man like this is <sighs> yeah it's it's yeah. that kind of I don't know it just he's electrifying in this performance and he's also incredibly he's very sexy in this movie for some reason I there's something about yeah. him that just he's like, no. so hot in this fucking movie he just carries himself <laughs> like someone who knows he's hot shit and it's so uh-huh. hot like holy shit and it it's just amazing and it's funny to hear that he didn't want the role because he really hams it up especially in the back half when he's just like yelling about being the devil and like ranting for 30 minutes about the state of the world <laughs> i honestly i could i could listen to him rant forever oh yeah exactly. me too <laughs> me too and it's so it's good a- but it's so funny that he didn't want this part because he really fucking yeah. kills it like he's just yeah he's amazing i wonder what he, what he thinks of it yeah, I wonder what he thinks. Maybe he hates it. Maybe he loves it. I don't know. I I think this is well, this is one of my favorite of his performances. I'll be perfectly honest, I and that seems that. weird to say, but it just I don't know. He just he's there's he knows how to do a monologue too. And this movie gives him some really juicy monologues to go into. I mean, and yeah. Once we get to like that last thirty minutes, because I what I remember what I remembered about this movie, I hadn't seen it since I had stole that tape from my parents and washed it mm. in my, my bedroom. But I remembered a couple things. I remember the dressing room. I remember Charlie Theron in the church. And I remember the last 30 minutes is basically like one giant monologue almost of, of him talking with interjections from, from the cast, but mostly it's the Al Pacino show at that moment. And that it's, is exactly. all I remembered from it. And so I'm getting to the end and I, and was, I was rewatching this, like Charlie Theron has killed herself horrible we're getting to that last moment where where uh streets are empty yes walking down that empty street which is they this is the officially when everything is fantasy yes this is like we have completely entered hell we're like i think you could and i wasn't thinking about this until after i watched it but i think you could probably make 
a connection with this and like Dante's Inferno. I think that there is like oh. a passage into hell in this movie that you could probably relate to the different circles in some way or in some way or form. But we well, get to that. I mean, like his point. name is John Milton. Isn't his name John Milton? Milton. Okay. Yeah, his name is John Milton. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like Paradise Lost. Yeah, Paradise like, it's Lost. It's so fucking yeah. obvious. Like it's, Paradise it, it's, Lost. It's on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the list. At least his name isn't Lucifer. We've encountered a few movies where his name is just I mean, fucking I Lucifer. I mean, guys, um, guys, in this other movie, uh, Angel Heart. Do you know Angel Heart? Yes. Uh, with uh, Mickey Rourke and um, mm-hmm. De Niro. He's, his name is Louis Cypher. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> you know, talking about... Yeah. I love this movie, too, by the way. I love this movie, too. But talking about, like, 90s on-the-nose uh-huh. thrillers about the devil. I love these movies. But, um, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy. Cypher. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Al Pacino, I want to say he, some of the stuff he says in that monologue is first, it's kind of hilarious when he says, uh, one thing he says, love overrated. It's just like bio, biochemically equivalent to eating large quantities of chocolate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, who comes up with that? Just you know? fucking but, incredible. But you know, he, I feel like as a devil, like pleading his case, uh, you know, as being the devil, I think he does it better than anybody else. In, he does in, in movie, you know, I, when I he says his... God likes to watch. Yes, that I, that's exactly what I was going with the uh, the idea. Let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He gives man instincts. Yeah. He gives you the sort of extraordinary gift. And what does he do? I swear for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel, he sets the rules and oppositions. And he's exactly. like, look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't touch. taste. Taste, but don't swallow. Don't and swallow. that moment when he does That's like that so- laugh, yeah. he's like, because it's like yeah. a double entendre. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. There's, it's just, it's so good. And the writing, I have to say that the writing it's, for his monologues is just. It's really good. It's so good. He said, I'm a humanist. <laughs> he's like, I'm closer to, and I mean, He's closer to he's closer to man than God is to man in a way. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what he says. He gives yeah the, the the whole thing about free will and I think this I was when I was rewatching this movie I was like okay this movie feels sometimes a little bit conservative you know like the it people does. from the south you mm. know they love God the people from the city are filthy the people from the city like sex the people from the city uh, are taken over by the devil. Um, yeah. So in that aspect, I was like, this look a little bit like super, and I'm not religious a lot at, at all. So I'm it looked either. a little bit, uh, a little bit um, conservative was, in that sense. With with his mom in particular, with yeah. his mom is like everything that she's saying is is true. Like it definitely yeah. just believes in that. She's whole, like the like, church lady that uh-huh. is like absolutely true, but and like, she speaks with that. So let's talk about the ending then, because at the end, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. It's basically like, they're like, okay, so you have to fuck your half-sister and make the Antichrist. And that's, like, how we're going to keep this shit going. And, but he has to do it of his own free will. And so Keanu Reeves is, like, making out with his naked half-sister. Fucking Al Pacino's reciting some weird Latin and, like, watching them about to fuck. Like, it's so, like, ooh. With some statues moving. The sculpture is Like, the sculpture, the painting of people just, like, moving and kind of fucking and they're demons. I think they're fucking, too. It's kind of hot, too, It's just, like, really, it's, like, very erotic (laughs) and bizarre. And everyone's just watching about to fuck. And then Keanu Reeves um, kills himself. He's like, free will, motherfucker. Like, I'm not doing this shit. and, And shoots himself in the head. And then... I guess he's resurrected or like given a second chance because he doesn't. Is that 
that's the reading I got. Did he get a second chance because he like didn't fuck with the devil? Like what? Because he grows, someone grows wings oh, at some point. Oh, because then he then then he realized it was like kind of some some kind of a nightmare, and he's like in the bathroom defending the pedophile. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it a dream? That's the, that's like, yeah, I don't. I thought it was like oh, he's you're getting rede- redeemed and you're getting sent back to fix. I don't. You yeah. know, it maybe it's, it's not like sliding doors, makes, right? Yeah, it's like it feels like we have two paths now. What is happening? I usually hate movies. I usually hate movies where at the end it's like, it was a dream. I usually don't like that at all. The way I looked at that, I was like, what if it's like he's in another dimension or it's like another version of himself? And basically mm. what it what it's trying to tell for me, in my in my opinion, what it's trying to tell is like, okay, he dodged he may dodge the, the bullet of evil through law, like I said, but is he gonna dodge that he's bullet through through the press? Because at the end of the day, people are vain regardless of the field regardless of the institution um maybe so, i don't so know so my funny thought that i just i thought of while you're we talking is is this a prequel to constantine when keanu reads his hunting <laughs> demons in that movie because this is where he learns that uh, they're real and he quits yeah. being a lawyer and he just decides to hunt it's like i'm just now. gonna slay some demons it's yeah. the prequel to constantine <laughs> Maybe we should make that canon. I think we should. (laughs) I declare it canon. I I declare it that way. I love that fucking. I love Constantine so much. But yeah, the ending is just like weirdly candy coated. But it's an again, it's a '90s movie. Like I get it. Like oh, it's a '90s movie. and it kind of fits the camp of it all. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense that it has this, like, ridiculous ending. I didn't hate it at all. It's just funny that it's like, oh, he gets a second ch- second chance or something. And he has this big moment of being like, I will not defend the pedophile. Like, congratulations. Yeah. You. And I mean, and he does. Yeah. <laughs> he quits. You know, he could have. He could have just done a terrible cross-examination I I would have done a terrible job and then not convinced the jury he would know he needed to get you know banned from the bar he needed to you know make it a scene it's very campy it's like it's I see it you know I I was not a filmmaker in the 90s uh maybe had I been 30 years old in the 90s watching (laughs) this I would have been like this movie is not good uh I don't know to me I I forgive a lot of things absolutely about this movie and and i and i only see the i only see the the good things about it but let's take speaking of which take us back so we you we mentioned a couple of the scenes that scared you by the end of the movie did it leave you kind of traumatized or how were you able to like go to sleep easy that night or how did it affect you by the end well honestly that night i was just seeing that face I was just seeing that, I was just seeing that face in the dark. The next morning, I remember the next morning I woke up and then my brother was rewatching some of the hot scenes. <laughs> like in the morning. <laughs> Cause my older was, he was like older. And, and, and yeah, he was rewatching the ending when, uh, this is the half sister is naked and all. And, and he was like, he's like, this was a good movie. This is a good movie. <laughs> and, 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 I don't know. I, I think for a long time I avoided the subject. I honestly avoided the subject of this movie. I I, I was like I was like scared. I was really scared of that de- of the demon face, and then I was scared of like the fact that the face can morph and look like mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the whole ending when I was a kid, I didn't really. It didn't really. Like I said, I was traumatized, and then I was like confused. I didn't. You know, I was seven years old, so everything about the law, everything about vanity that yep. I didn't, I didn't, that, that was like over my head. 
Um, mm-hmm. I didn't understand any of that. Um, I just saw the perverty. I just, I mean, I just saw that he was like making out with his sister and, you know, so I was, I think the ending was just a little bit more of a disturbing sexual, mm-hmm. but still that, that disturbing yeah, sexual trend. Was, yeah. And I was, and I, and I thought, I mean, at the time I thought that she was really pretty, the, 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 um, the sister. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that's my, I don't know, my personal memory. I remember that when I watched the movie, when we introduced the, si- the half-sister, I automatically thought she was, to me, as a seven-year-old, more attractive than Charlie Theron. And okay. I think in the movie, they, they also make it, they also try to make it like that because Keanu Reeves also is like, oh, shit, I'm attracted to this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, again, it, it didn't it didn't play in my favor because I was like, I'm attracted to you know, because as a seven-year-old, you're still, you know, you're already kind of like, you know, you, you st- you're already responsive to sexual things, mm-hmm. you know, I want to say. Um, so I was I was already kind of, you know, trying to figure out, you know, that it, she was attractive. But then the movie was telling me not to. F- yes. You know, so it was kind of it was kind of weird. And the yeah, the ending was a lot of that for me. And the statues also, the statues were kind of like, I remember the statues that that I remember that um, the statues are so it's so good, uh, particularly but it's when, such a good it's yeah when they're when they're real at that one moment when like they just like look at 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 on the screen and it's just actually people you know dressed up in in paint and whatnot. That moment is really good, and then we get the digital image, which I I still think looks really good considering you know yeah. what they were working with back in the set yeah. in nineteen seventy or nineteen and gosh, I think I think it's really smart uh, to have like the statues like that because you know like the traditional uh, uh, Greek statues like it was all about the body it was all about like you know like how could they make like you know the muscles and the perfect body and the blah mm-hmm. blah and 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 now it's kind of like the standards of what's you know what's like a, a really beautiful body and like art like like traditional artistic things and so me as a kid i was i was i was really seeing those i don't know how to explain like those 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 sexy scenes it was it was a little bit like oh this is as if it was like an a like a like again a fruit that you're not supposed to eat mm-hmm. in a way um and um and when he says like the 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 devil it's all about like the flesh and the desire from the you know from the earth nothing you know not forget about grace forget about that it's like very physical and very like your desires you're like you're like your 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 impulses and um and again as a 7 year old that kind of speaks to you because you yeah. you you you're discovering all that yeah. you know you're discovering that you you know you have like those and then and like i said as a 7 year old it's kind of weird because you kind of feel guilty then you kind of feel like oh wait some at some point like i said i kind of wanted to get into that elevator i remember that yeah. scene clearly i was like i kind of want to get into that elevator i want to check that out you mm-hmm. know yeah uh, it's i'm curious um but then I'm like, oh, is that the devil? You know, it's like, it's, it's like, would, would I be easily convinced by the devil because I would get into that elevator? Um, I would, you know, um, <laughs> and I think Al Pacino is like so sexy that he, and I'm, I'm not say that as a, as a, as a man, but generally as someone who, you know, who wants to flirt or wants to seduce, you know, men or women, he's kind of like everything you would like to be able to do, uh-huh. you know? Oh yeah. He, he looks at you the right way. He says the right thing. He says like, Oh, put your hair back. He says, you know, so you look at him as like, as a, as a kid that hasn't discovered, you know, what's flirting yet. I'm like, Oh my God, 
So I, I need to, I kind of need to be him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of need to, I kind of need to learn how he, how he gets all these, you know. Yeah. All, all these people to love him or to sleep with him or to be obsessed with him or to, you know, he, everybody lets him in. And then yeah. we know he's a monster, but yeah. uh, he's so charming. He's so charming. And at the one moment, I, I know Mary Beth, this moment jumped out at you too, when he touches the holy water and like yeah. looks and up he at looks the camera. At uh. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I tweeted a picture of it today because I was like, this is the best moment in cinematic history. It's just so fun. It's like the middle of this like funeral for one of the guys who got murdered by yeah. demons or some shit. And he's just like sitting in the back of it and like Keanu Reeves runs out and Al Pacino just being like a little like saucy minx in the background, like looking up at the stained glass <laughs> in the church and touching the holy water for fun. And he's just like, he's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I trained just yeah. went by my apartment, but it's just, he just is hamming it up so much and has those moments where he's just like, haha, like I'm in on the joke. And so are you. And that's what makes yeah. like, takes you out of this movie in a fun way, not in a way that is like, yeah, it feels like it fits. And for mm-hmm. such a long movie, it feels all necessary. I feel like this is a movie that needs the length. It feels like it all makes sense because it doesn't feel yeah. like it's overstaying its welcome, which I'm happy about because I'm always like, two and a half hours? Uh-oh. But this one, it felt <laughs> justified to be two and a half hours. I didn't feel it as much as I have with other movies of that length. Um, yeah. Do we want to wrap up and give this our rating out of five? Sounds good. All right, Terry. Okay, we'll so how do we do that? How- so, oh, like each? Yeah, so we'll each, yep, each we'll each, each give it. So, Terry, you go first. How many Al Pacinos breaking the fourth wall out of five do you give The Devil's Advocate? You know, I was wondering before before we were recording. I was like, what what do I want to? What would I give this? And honestly, I this movie, I I think straddles the line so well between being a, a down to earth courtroom drama. And also kind of the the 1990s era of demonic movies. It, it bridges that so well that I think even though it's two and a half hours long, it always, it feels propulsive through the entire film. And I don't know, I, this, this movie like really just kind of tickled my funny bone watching it as an adult in a way that I was not expecting. I was not expecting this sort of like mischievous nature that this this movie operates on and it worked incredibly well for me I, to the point that i i mean i have to give it i think for al pacino breaking the fourth walls out of five because i just i had a, a wonderful time re-watching this and it was like every time i would get to a part and it's like okay this might be kind of overstanding its welcome then it would just flip the script on me and then by before you know it we're at al pacino just hamming it up at the end and shouting about gods and demons and i'm just like yes give give this all to me give this excess to me i just love it so i'm gonna go with four what about you mary beth i'm also going with four i was pretty committed to that four before we started because i was like this movie is so much fun it's totally insane it commits to the mm-hmm. bit it is a fun courtroom drama that becomes this wild, crazy demon movie. And all of the performances are incredible. The chemistry with Keanu and Charlize is just like off, off the wall. Love a good horny 90s movie. I mean, it's just mwah, chef's kiss. I want to show it to all my friends. Um, they probably won't appreciate it like I will. But <laughs> it's just, it's, and it's like all Pacino is like most of the stars too, or most of my my rating here because he just is having so much fun and not enough movies let Al Pacino have fun like this. I feel like, I feel like it's always very serious 
And he's a great actor, but watching him get to have fun in a movie like this is just so incredible because he is such a talented actor. So to see him get to tap into that kind of campier, like over the top, like hyper exaggerated side is just Mm -hmm. so cool and fun. So yeah, it's for Al Pacino's Breaking the Fourth Wall for me. And Pierre, you have the final word. What about you? How many Al Pacino's Breaking the Fourth Wall do you give? Devil's Advocate. I think I'm going to give a good four and a half. Hell yeah. Uh, cool. And a half because it's the movie that scared the crap out of me. So I have to give like an extra just for that kudos to 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 the filmmakers for that. Um, and it's a movie that I don't think it's trying to be more than what it actually is. And so I forgive, like I said, I forgive a lot. And uh and it's the best devil. I mean, to me, it's the best devil. He's the best devil. So Hell kudos yeah. to Al Pacino for that. Uh, you know, sex, campiness, scares, and, you know, Al Pacino. I mean, what more you gotta you get, want? yeah, you know, what else do you need? And 90s <laughs> plus Keanu Reeves and Charlie Theron, which, by the way, Charlie Theron was like, I think it's like one of her breakouts role, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I was looking because I think she was like 21 when she filmed this. She still looks so baby faced in this movie. I, it surprised me because I think people from Hollywood, they saw her. She was like, they were like, okay, she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, she, if is. she was bound to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, Mary Beth, the performances, you know, so yeah, four so and good. a half. Hell awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pierre, for joining us to talk about Two Witches and this incredible movie. Uh, where can our listeners find you? And the floor is yours. Do you have anything you can plug or you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, well, they can uh, watch the movie Two Witches on Apple TV, on Amazon, and on Arrow Player. I think it's also on Google Play or something like that. Um, if they want, they should. Check it out. And me, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, uh, yeah, like uh, Pierre Tiga. That's my that's my um, that's my handle. You can follow me on Twitter with the same uh, handle. I think um, that's pretty much it. But that's yeah, cool. And we'll put all that in the show notes, listeners, so you can okay, easily perfect. find it. Perfect. So, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What was your experience with The Devil's Advocate? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm McGailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe and sign up for our Patreon if you want to help support us. Please and thank you. Um, Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. 
If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.